Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very first episode of the OI with Jamie Anstey. Tonight's guest is Brian McKenna. Brian, how are you doing this evening, my friend? Good, thanks, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Uh, just tell the, the OI viewers uh, what you've been up to in the, in the last uh, last year or so. Uh, well, it's almost two years now since we uh, connected at the 2019 Memorial Cup which uh, was held in Halifax. So how you been? I've been nice and busy. Uh, lots going on for, uh, lots going on and uh, lots not going on, I think for everyone right now. Um, but uh, no, it's been busy. As, as you mentioned, you and I met uh, at the 2019 Memorial Cup in Halifax, uh, which Ren Randa won. Uh, that was a really fun tournament as, as any tournament in, in Halifax is. And um, so, yeah, it's it's been, it's been busy ever since for me, um, uh, but uh, no complaints. How was the uh, the 100th uh, Memorial Cup in Regina? Yeah, so the one in Halifax was my uh, my second in a row. So I, I guess you could say that I've covered uh, the last two Memorial Cups since we didn't have one this past year. Um, but yeah, I, I was at the one in Regina in 2018. Uh, that one, Acne won. Um Noah Dobson uh, from uh, PEI won his first of two Memorial Cups that year as well. Uh, Sam Steele of the Anaheim Ducks was in that one. Uh, Josh Perra also in the Ducks organization was was in that Memorial Cup. Uh, Robert Thomas was in that one too. So lots of really good talent at the 2018 one, the 100th. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the 2019 edition in Halifax, uh, that was... Um, Ren Renna beating the host Mooseheads in the final. Um, again, lots of uh, really good talent uh, in that one who have uh, gone on to, to do some good things in the NHL even uh, last season. So is it safe to say that the Halifax uh, Mem Memorial Cup was your favorite being a Maritime kid? Uh, but that 100th uh, Memorial Cup must have been special as well. Uh, but you being from PEI, is that correct? Yeah, being from the island, it was really cool. Um, I hadn't been uh, on assignment uh, in the East Coast in a long, long time, probably since I was uh, living more so full time on the island. And so uh, to be able to get sent out by, by Sportsnet to cover uh, that tournament, even if it was just the back half of the tournament, was pretty special. I know my folks came over from the island and um, to be able to spend some time with them in between games and that sort of thing was pretty cool. Uh, and then just, you know, the East Coast atmosphere is like no other, um, Jamie, you know, being from uh, Nova Scotia and whatnot, and myself on the, from the island, it's it's got a different atmosphere than I think anywhere in Canada. Um, you know, with that said, not, no, uh, no, no knock to Regina and, and the Memorial Cup there, but um, I know for me personally, being on home turf is always, uh, always a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's crazy how we connected. Um, I was the driver for that Memorial Cup tournament here in Halifax, and I got to meet yourself. And yeah, I got to meet Jody Shelley. Um, I've met him before, but it was it was cool to connect with different folks from Ontario or, or people that worked with Sportsnet. We'll talk about that uh, here soon. Your Sportsnet uh, gig in the Canadian press. Um, yeah, so it was just it was just neat. It, it, I never knew who was coming into the van, and all of a sudden, I, I struck a conversation, struck up a conversation with you, and you're from PEI, and you moved to 
Ontario to uh, to pursue your sports uh, ambition. And uh, man, it, it was a very cool time for that week, and I got to meet a lot of cool people. And now it's opened the doors to uh, this and getting to interview uh, people I haven't seen in a while. And it's very unfortunate you were here over the summer, uh, not this past summer, but the previous summer. You were downtown, and I think I was away at the time, so I wasn't able to. I wasn't able to connect up with you then. And uh, the Halifax waterfront and Halifax as a whole, it's just, and it helps that the rinks downtown. You have the the pubs and the atmosphere. And uh, Sam Constantino and Rob Folds were on the Rod Peterson show this week, and they they uh, told Rod their favorite Mem Cup stories and their favorite Memorial Cup places, and you know, the 2007 Memorial Cup in Vancouver was special, and the Regina uh, Mem Cup was special as well. I, I guess it just matters. It's just a matter of, you know, if you're from the Maritimes and it's held in Halifax or if it's held in a Maritime province, it's just a little bit extra special. And uh, what an amazing experience. And maybe in 10, 12, 15 years, it comes back. Um, and who knows? Um if we see a Memorial Cup, we'll talk about that shortly. Uh, if you believe that Kelowna, I, I still believe they're uh, the ones to host the next one. Um, do you have an idea uh, of when that, or sorry, do you have an idea if that cup will actually start in uh, May of 2021? Do you think a, a Memorial Cup will actually be presented to uh, the winning team in Kelowna in uh, 2021? Oh man, it's it's tough uh, to predict anything. <laughs> yeah, in in these uh, right now, um, I I have a hard time seeing it, especially if you know the OHL is not going to get going until I, I believe it's February that they're looking at, um, and, and so and WHL is sort of in and around the same timeline as well, and so I just have a hard time seeing it taking place. But with that said. I think some people are optimistic of sorts with the vaccine and, and that sort of thing, but uh, you, you get into the logistics of that as well. And okay, where do junior hockey players fall on the ranks of actually receiving that vaccine whenever the countries get them? Probably pretty low on the list just due to their age and due to their, their fitness level as it is, right? Priority is gonna go to frontline workers and, um, and you know seniors. And so, if there's no vaccine being administered to the players, then is it safe enough to, to do it? Um, can you get everyone in a bubble, sort of like what they're trying with the World Juniors? I have a hard time seeing it. I, I certainly hope it happens because it was really a letdown that you know the MIME Cup didn't happen this past year. Um, like even just whenever you reached out for this interview, it's crazy to think that there wasn't a MEM Cup last year. And I, I was at the last two, even though they feel like so long ago now. Um, but it's just a, such a great showcase for talent in, in Canada, and, and um, I, I do hope that it happens. I'm just a little bit skeptical that it actually will. Do you have a – do you have – what's your thought, I guess, on the NHL? We won't get into the financials, and um, I know Gary Bettman's trying to ask the players to make less to accommodate uh, how this year is going. You got a, an idea when when you may, I guess when we all uh, see the hockey start, NHL start. Uh, some are saying mid January, some are saying February first. Uh, 
Um, some are saying 48 games. Uh, right now, the consensus is about 52 to 56 games. Uh, what's your take on the NHL situation uh, as far as when it may start um, and how many games do you think uh, will be on the schedule when, when the season does start? I got to think it's probably looking something along the lines of the 2012 um, season that, that was shortened due to the lockout. Um, somewhere in that sort of 46 to 50 range, I would have to assume, just because, I, I mean, time's a dwindling. Um, you know, this week's a major one. If I think if they're actually going to be able to get things underway and, and rolling. Uh, you think January 15th, which is the sort of the discussion around things uh, getting going, that's only a month away from next this time next weekend, which is not a whole lot of time and in, in order to get people ready and, and that sort of thing. And so uh, people have got to get in gear if that's going to happen. Um, and if it's not, if I personally don't think if things don't get resolved by the end of this week, then you're probably looking at the Feb 1 deadline and so more so that 46 game uh, prospect. It will stretch longer. I wouldn't be surprised if it stretches into July this year, the Stanley Cup final, just the way that things are going. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens, but uh, definitely as, as you alluded to, lots of back and forth going on right now between the PA and, and the league. Is it safe to say, uh... Is it safe to say the league, like you just, well, you just mentioned, yeah, we're going to see the league go into July, maybe mid-July, late July, because it's, it's safe to say that the NFL seeing it, the COVID cases and, you know, that, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens game, for example, they're postponed three times. I hope we don't see that in the NHL where they, where they try to say, oh, well, we, we got to play this Montreal Toronto game and it takes five days to play it. So I, I strongly believe that the season will be very lengthy because they'll have to they'll have to play postponed games later and the 56 games the, I don't see it being 60 games um, and if it, if we run out of time and it goes shorter than 48 then the may may or may or may not be a season. And also, there's there's three or four teams, you know, Carolina, Florida, I believe, Arizona, and I can't think of the other team. Um, maybe you can think of the team, or maybe you've heard, but there's there's three or four teams that don't want to play the NHL season just because of money issues, or we, we won't get into that. Uh, that's a whole different can of worms that we won't uh, open up this evening. But I I strongly believe. It, with what you just said, you know, right around the 48 to 56 games and it'll go into July and, and, uh, but right now just let's get through December and we'll talk about the world juniors, uh, Kirby doc, uh, Quinton Byfield, Jamie Drysdale, uh, Justin Barron who plays here in Halifax. And I don't know who the starting goaltender will be. It's, it's, it's a who's who in nets. I don't know who's going to start. Maybe you have a, an idea who uh, Canada's starting goalie might be, um, but just look down from the forwards down to the D. Like it's a it's a very stacked lineup. And um, what's your take on the Rangers not allowing Lafreniere to go to Team Canada? They've also uh, haven't let Kako go, and uh, Hughes from New Jersey hasn't gone either. And and it makes sense because they're number one picks. But 
Just give me your short answer on uh, the Lafreniere situation. Are you disappointed? And it doesn't make sense that the Rangers didn't let uh, him go to Team Canada. Yeah, thanks, Jay. I, I'll I can touch on the the goaltending situation later if you want. Um, but I, I think for Canada, definitely, a, a, and not just Team Canada, but Canadians as a whole, disappointment that Lafreniere is is uh, not going to be let go by the Rangers to come here. I'm personally disappointed at the move. I mean, uh, as you and I just talked about, if it is that Jan 15 start date, like there still allows that 10 days for him to get, uh, you know, accustomed to the team and, and that sort of thing. With, with how short the training camp is going to be, it's already going to be tough to, uh, you know, get a, a, accustomed to the team and the coaching style and that sort of thing. So maybe that's where they're coming from. But I would rather a player be in game shape as opposed to starting out from the get-go like everyone else. Like I would, if, if I'm a coach of a team or a GM, I would rather a guy who's coming in who's just played 10 games or whatever with uh, the pre-camp and then the actual tournament itself, as opposed to someone who hasn't played. And, you know, some of these guys haven't played since last March. You know, you look at the Ottawa Senators, for instance, they haven't played since early March. Uh, which is all you know 10 months that's a long stretch of time and so uh, that part I think is a little bit disappointing especially to Canadians who saw just how well he did last year I mean he had a crazy tournament in the Czech Republic uh, where he got injured in that uh, game against the Russians and then came back and was just absolutely unreal throughout that entire tournament I think a lot of people would have loved to see that again Um, but with that said I think a lot of people are going to get to know Kirby Talk over the next uh, several weeks here as well if they didn't know who he was before, and that's that's exciting. Yeah, and he and the Blackhawks did release him to Team Canada, and uh, I'm excited to see some of the Leaf prospects. Uh, maybe uh, in a month or so we can maybe chat, or maybe when hockey does start we'll chat again. Uh, Mirov and uh, Rossi from Austria, uh, who played with the Senators, and yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I was hoping the Leafs would pick up Braden Snyder, who's on the back end for Team Canada, but th- that draft was uh, something else, and that, that, that'll be a discussion for another day and how the Rangers actually got the number one pick. And, hey, they're, they're protecting the number one pick uh, in Lafreniere, and he did get hurt last year with Team Canada. So um, just touch up on the goaltending situation. We were kind of baffled in last week's episode on offside uh, who the goaltending might be. I, I don't have the list in front of me, but uh, just give me your take on uh, who uh, the top two goaltenders will be. And I'm assuming Team Canada will have three or four goalies in uh, in that bubble just for, you know, if some guy gets uh, COVID, for example. So just tough chop on uh, who, um, who the two or three goalies will be uh, in that bubble. Yeah, I think it's uh, the number ones. Most likely, you're looking at Brett Brochu, uh, sorry, of, of the London Knights. Um, he uh, he's got a really interesting story, and I'd recommend if if your listeners have time to check it out on the London Knights website. Uh, an old student of mine, Kyle Watson, wrote it, and and uh, he had asked me if if I could. Uh, take a look at it and, and edit it a little bit. And uh, it was really interesting piece sort of looking at the road that Brochu has taken to be between the pipes and how much he's improved. This is a guy that was playing junior C just a couple oh, wow. years ago. Wow. Uh, and, and to see his rise, um, especially on a lot of Knights team, which 
is there's always the expectation to do amazing on that team, right? No matter what position you are, no matter who your name is, the expectation in London always is to win. And so for Brocher to come in and get an opportunity, um, and the story talks about how he went back to back and he sort of proved himself on that second half, uh, when especially for a rookie goalie, that's not going to happen very often. And so um, it just, I think he ended last year really strong. And so if he's able to take some of that momentum into this year's camp and into this year's tournament, I think he's going to continue to make a big name for himself. With that said, Dylan Guerin is uh, also a really good option, um, I believe, from the Canloops Blazers. And uh, he would definitely be um, the, the 1B or the 1A. I think those two are, are going to be the front runners uh, to be in goal for Canada this, uh, this uh, holiday season. And I believe Craig Button, he'll, he'll be on, Mark Peterson, and uh, you have to watch this week. On, uh, he's on, he'll be on a couple other platforms this week. And uh, he did say Boucher last week as well um, on the Team Canada report. And uh, a lot of great kids. Mark Masters has covered a lot of the Team Canada interviews in the last month or so in the bubble. And a lot of great kids. And I'm hoping uh, one kid that deserves a spot isn't pushed away just because of the, the load on D and the load up, up top and the five or six goalies in the, in the bubble. So, uh, you may or may not see that. It's going to be an interesting month. I'm a tad disappointed that Lafreniere is not going, but hey, I'm I'm a Kirby Doc fan. Uh, he's going to the spotlight's going to be on him. Byfield, uh, you you see the list yourself. So just tell me your relationship with sports. That um, I don't know what your current situation is like. I know everyone's going through a certain time because of COVID. But just tell the viewers about your relationship with Sportsnet, uh, what you did with those those guys, and uh, just talk about your Canadian press experience too. Just uh, tell the viewers what you've been up to and what you were doing uh, at the Mem Cup in Regina and and in Halifax. Just uh, give a bit of a taste on what you what you did in the last uh, three or four years, maybe. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I started at uh, the Canadian Press. Uh, and Sportsnet pretty much around the same time in my fourth year at Ryerson University. Um, I was working both jobs uh, part-time along with uh, full-time school. So it was a busy, busy 2014 going into 2015. But uh, a lot of really great experiences uh, learning about um, junior hockey. And I, I mean, I had grown up around junior hockey on the island a little bit too, uh, formerly the PEI Rocket and now uh, the Charlottetown Islanders. But um yeah, so I started a Canadian Press uh, and Sportsnet both at the same time. And um, the way things started out, it was covering a lot of junior hockey and getting to know a lot of the players through, year, through there and writing different stories, that sort of thing, and features. Um, and so I, I worked both Canadian Press and Sportsnet until uh, February 2018. And just after the Pyeongchang Olympics, um, I, I took a one-year contract out in uh, Saskatchewan for the Canadian Press. And... Um, reported on a little bit of everything out there, uh, politics, sports, uh, did some Rough Riders games, uh, the Memorial Cup, as you mentioned, which was a, a cool experience, um, just with it being the 100th one and lots of history around the Pats organization and a lot of really great talent over the years as well. Um, and then uh, after that, I, I came back to Toronto, um, was with Sportsnet for uh, a little over a year, and uh, and now I, I've gone on to 
some different uh, pastures, trying out some new things. Um, I was involved uh, throughout this year with a new publication that's getting off the ground and it's called the Park Journal, uh, which is sort of similar to the Players' Tribune, uh, trying to get the voice of the player. So I've been working with some athletes over the course of last year, trying to tell their story and, and uh, their perspective on uh, some of their events and, and that sort of thing. So um, yeah, that's that's sort of where I'm at. And uh, it's uh, it's been a fun journey along the way. Yeah, you're still a young lad, so get all the experience you can uh, throughout Canada. Did you did you happen to bump into Darren Dupont or Rod Peterson? Uh, they have a show out in, in Regina, and he covered the, uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders there for oh, I know those guys. Yeah, I know so those I, guys. I, uh, I won't get into the story on how I jumped on the Rod Peterson train, but it just had something to do with Peter Lombardius, and I've been a friend of his for a while, and found out he was on the show and I was a, I was hooked ever since. So two, two amazing individuals that have inspired me to uh, do this talk with yourself and many more guests down the road. Is there someone in, in Canada or in your uh, line of work that, that has inspired you? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I haven't been asked that in a while. I think uh, when you look at some of the really great talent out there and, and really hardworking talent um, that, you know, you may not always see their face uh, in front of a camera, but have worked really hard to, to get to where they are. Um, you know, I, I think of names like Chris Johnson, Shai Davidi. Um, honestly, any of my colleagues at the Canadian Press all built out very long careers. Um, and very and respectable careers at that. Um, they've built a, a lot of contacts over the years and working hard and uh, being uh, in places. And so working along, alongside those people at both the Canadian Press and, and Sportsnet was uh, a lot of fun uh, because, you know, I got to become friends with some of them um, and report on some of the same events as them as well. And so uh, some of those names were really cool. I mean, growing up, I always... I uh, really admired the the likes of Ken Rosenthal and and Bob McKenzie as well, and so uh, to see those, uh, I I don't I don't think I've ever met Ken, but just seeing Bob around the rink and whatnot at junior camps and that sort of thing uh, was always really really fun and and uh, sort of brings things full circle a little bit as well. Yeah, it, Ron McLean as well. Like I like I mentioned, how we met, and I was, you never know who you're going to drive, and like one one day during high. Uh, I believe it was called Hockey Day in Canada, which came came to Halifax. Ron McLean uh, was in the van, and just you know, I think that's really when it all struck me. You know, just I want to be involved. I want to talk to players. I want to I want to get involved the best way I can. I'm not. I have, haven't gone to Ryerson. I haven't I haven't wrote anything. I, but I I love talking about the game. So now it's it's brought me to to this, and man, it, it's been a pleasure to talk to you tonight i don't want to take much of your time i know you got the it's only 603 there in, in ontario so i don't want to take much of your time and and burn your supper so ryan my friend uh it, it's been a pleasure uh that's all for me until next time on the oi ryan my friend uh thanks a lot for your time yeah you bet jamie thanks so much for having me yeah, this was a lot of fun